There is nothing Prospector likes more than to kill a misconception. Time for Your Whole Life is a Lie. Many people believe flushing toilets at the Super Bowl halftime will be busting sewer systems all over America. The truth? There has never, ever been a recorded incident where a sewer system malfunctioned because of the Super Bowl halftime flush. Many Americans choose to go to the restroom around the same time, around the start of Super Bowl halftime. Urban legend says all those people flush their toilets at once, stressing municipal wastewater systems enough to cause issues such as breaks in water lines. The Super Bowl flush was even credited for a 1984 water main break in Salt Lake City, Utah, an incident that has since been cited as proof of the phenomenon. But not even the off-sided Salt Lake City incident can actually be attributed to the phenomenon. A link between the water main break and the Super Bowl flush was never found. Now, the halftime Super Bowl flush does cause spikes in municipal wastewater flow. And in some places, the spike is among the highest in water demand for a typical year. However, most wastewater systems are designed to handle surges in demand and prepare for the Super Bowl accordingly. Some municipal water systems even say the increase during the Super Bowl halftime isn't all that significant after all. Halftime's barely a blip in the normal daily flow and certainly nothing in comparison to the flow increase from winter storms, huge rain events, and the like. So if you believe people flushing toilets at Super Bowl halftime have busted sewer systems all over America, your whole life is a lie. Breaking the news that's already broken. It's time for Prospector's Briefs on Rock 107. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Philadelphia Eagles in Super Bowl 57. The grass was a problem throughout the game. How bad was it? Snoop Dogg wouldn't even smoke it. The United States shot down three more possible balloons. So if you're keeping track, that's America 4, Party City 0. As usual, the Super Bowl began with its traditional flyover. But this time, instead of jets, they used Chinese spy balloons. Making sure breaking news stays broken. Tune in tomorrow for Prospector's Briefs on Rock 107. I didn't expect a dog food commercial to bring me to tears. Good morning. I'm Rock 107's Prospector. And out of a slate of mostly meh ads, there are some ones I really dug. Like Will Ferrell for the GM electric vehicle in different Netflix shows like Army of the Dead, Squid Game, Bridgerton, uh, and uh, Stranger Things. Uh, I also like John Hamm and Brie Lawson. They did the Helm and Mayonnaise thing where they were the food-related names, Ham and Brie. You know what I'm talking about. John? Brie, any idea why we are in a fridge? Well, I'm Brie. Yeah, I'm John. I know, but you're John who? John Ham. So we're Brie and? Brie and Ham. Is that Pete Davidson? Uh-huh. He really is everywhere. I'm going to eat you guys. Yeah, that was a pretty good commercial there. Uh, I also liked... Um, Pepsi Zero Sugar, they had two, one with Ben Stiller, one with Steve Martin. They would discuss the craft of acting, then say, oh, my God, Pepsi Zero Sugar is amazing. And then, am I acting or am I not? Uh, also, the Breaking Bad one for Popcorners, oh, my God, so good. Yo, these are the bomb. And they're air-popped, not fried. Popcorners, you're an artist. No, we don't eat our own supply. <laughs> Mr. White. Jesse. Everyone's going to want to taste, and I know just the guy to talk to. What are these? We call them popcorners. <laughs> popcorners! Tight! 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 How much of this stuff do you have? 
We've got six signature flavors, y'all. Seven! You make seven! Seven. Seven orcs. Yeah. <laughs> also liked uh, Alicia Silverstone. Brought back Cher from Clueless for the uh, shopping site Rakuten. Uh, ben Affleck working the Dunkin' drive-thru in full uniform. And then his wife catches him. Welcome to Dunkin', a new special. Dunkin' run, medium or large coffee. Get a donut for an incremental dollar. Well, well, cream, no sugar. I'm just going to have to just give you ten munchkins. What are you doing here? Pass me. Find Is my this friends. what you do when you say you want to work all day? I, I got to go, guys. Grab me a glaze. Uh, Bush Light and the Shelter. The woman Sarah McLaughlin pops out of the tent with a wolf and told uh, she's promoting the wrong type of shelter. That was pretty good. Uh, the Workday ad, which is like an HR company or whatever. Ozzy, Joan Jett, Billy Idol, Paul Stanley, Gary Clark Jr. scold corporate types for calling each other rock stars. Hey, corporate types, will you stop calling each other rock stars? You're a rock star. You are a rock star. Rock stars, please. I've done my share of bad things. Also, you'll share about things. We know that using Workday for finance and HR makes you great at your job. That don't make you a rock star. Who's a new guy? Hi, I'm Oswald. Hello, Oswald. Yeah, that was a pretty good commercial there. Uh, the Crown Royal spot with Dave Grohl reaching uh, like with all the reasons like Rush and hockey to thank Canada. Um, Roastmaster Jeff Ross, who's coming to Northeast PA at Mohegan Sun, and we'll have tickets for that for the Casino the Grand Ballroom this morning uh, and all week. Yeah, he led the roast of Mr. Peanut for planters. And T-Mobile had a lot of spots. Um, one with Bradley Cooper and his mom trying to make a commercial, but they can't stop laughing. And another with Zach Braff and Donald Faison, joined by John Travolta for a spoof of Summer Nights from Greece. Tell me more, tell me more. One chord's all that you need. Tell me more, tell me more. Don't you worry about speed. I can't believe it. It's just 50 bucks. Why pay more? Paying more sucks. T-Mobile Home Internet seems too good to be true. But uh, that's what T-Mobile can do. go you missed the game you missed the commercials you're officially caught up i don't know about you but i'm already sick of hearing it good morning i'm rock 107's prospector super bowl 57 is in the books and some fans are kvetching about the refs now the game included an epic quarterback duel a dramatic return from an injury a fumble recovered for a touchdown a double digit comeback a game-winning field goal in the final seconds but did it really have the feel of a great super bowl the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Eagles yesterday 38-35 after a last-minute field goal by kicker Harrison Butker. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes was the MVP of the game. Now, he only passed for 182 yards, but he threw for three TDs, and he ran for 44 yards. And he also seemed to aggravate his ankle injury in the second quarter. And the talking heads on TV made a big deal about it. It looked bad. But when he played, he looked mostly unaffected by the injury in the second half. He scrambled for 14 yards on one drive, bolted down the middle of the field for 26 on the game-winning drive. Uh, that means the winning Kelsey brother was Travis Kelsey. He also caught the Chiefs' first touchdown. On the other side, though, the Eagles, I mean, sort of blew it. You know? I, I know looked a lot of Bird fans in the area, but they were up 24-14 at halftime. And coming into the game, teams leading by double digits at the half were 26-1 in Super Bowl history. Yeah, 26-1. That one was the historic collapse of the Atlanta Falcons when they were up over the New England Patriots 28-3 and somehow lost the game. Eagles QB Jalen Hurts was awesome early. 
even despite that fumble return for a touchdown by the Chiefs defense, he was a stud in the first half. But later in the game, Hurts and the Eagles, they struggled. Struggled to get into the end zone. But the real problem was the Eagles' defense. It could not stop Mahomes and the Chiefs in the second half. Not once. The Chiefs scored on all four of their second-half possessions. Or was the real problem the refs? Now, just like last year, the officiating at the end of the game was very pivotal. It looked like the Eagles would get at least one more shot to get the ball. But the refs flagged the Eagles' defense for a holding penalty, which some people thought was weak. That allowed the Chiefs to run a ton of time off the clock and basically put the game on ice. A similar thing happened last year when there was a defensive holding call on the Bengals late in the game. There wasn't much contact, but it gave the Rams the first down. They went on to win. And look, as frustrating as calls or non-calls can be in sports, there are always plenty of opportunities to win or lose a game. The Eagles didn't lose because of the whistle or any of the other terrible or questionable calls. Sure, that was third down, and it was a defensive holding call that gave them a first down, but you could argue that it was a ticky-tack call if you want. But let me remind you, you can't assume the outcome. You know, let's say they let that play stand. You can't assume the Chiefs wouldn't have made it on fourth down and then run a bunch of time off the clock. The other thing that galls me about stuff like this is the sentiment, which I saw a lot on social media. You can't call that on third down with two minutes left in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you can. Because look, if it's a penalty, it's a penalty. And if you're a ref, you see it, you call it no matter the situation. I hate that let them play attitude. Let them play. Oh, they're letting them play today. No, they're letting them cheat. If you commit a foul, you call it, period. Let them play is more like let them cheat. All that said, a good game. Eagles had their chances. We're up with the big lead going into halftime and still blew it, and I'm sorry. Life's pretty tough right now. There's plenty of bad news, but it's not all bad. It's time for the brighter side of Prospector on Rock 107. Two veterans named Sylvan Scheffler and Harvey Rothenberg just went to their 57th Super Bowl in a row. They were at the first one with a group of veterans in 1967, and five from the original group have been going for years. You might remember them from past years. They're called the Super Bowl Five. Unfortunately, one of them recently passed away, and the other two couldn't make it this year, but Sylvan and Harvey kept the tradition going. Thanks. We needed that. The brighter side of Prospector on Rock 107. This year, don't let your Super Bowl party leftovers go to waste. Turn them into a beautiful Valentine's Day surprise for your sweetheart. You know that cold buffalo wing dip still laying around? Use your hands and mold it into a heart shape. And then, for added romance, overlap two Funyuns in the middle to represent your infinite and salty bond. Looking for a sexy dress to wear? With a couple of strategic cuts, the losing team's jersey can give you that sexy, short, and flirty look you're searching for. Need a date? Come on, girl, you were just in a room with a bunch of drunken football guys. Pick one. It's the best way to have a happy Valentine's Leftovers Day. Can somebody pass the seven-layer dip macaroons? What's a yam bag? A fool, an idiot, a blockhead, a dunce, or an ignoramus. You know, a dullard, simpleton, or a clot, nitwit, dipstick, pea brain, mouth breather, or cretin. It's now time to announce the winner of Prospector's Jam Bag of the Day, as decided by you at rock107.com. Here are the nominees. Nominee number one. Hey, if you're going to do drugs, that's on you. But at least find a toilet when you need to do your business. 
A dog in England almost died last Monday after eating a random meth head's poop. A dog walker named Chris Johnson in South London posted about it on Facebook. He said when a client's large breed dog was walking near a lake, the dog came across some feces and decided to sample the good, as dogs do. The client said the dog got really sick that night and had to go to the vet. The vet told him they were pretty sure the poop came from someone who does a lot of meth, and if a smaller dog had eaten it, it would have died. Chris posted about it to let other people in the area know, and at least one other person had a similar story of their own dog. It turns out people go fishing at the lake they were next to and like to use the woods as a toilet. Nominee number two. Just so you know, if you break into a business, steal something, but promise to pay for it later, it's still a crime. A 20-year-old man in Florida named Lance Kurtz was arrested on Sunday after he broke into a gas station and stole dog food, antifreeze, cigarellos, and an electronic tobacco device. He was caught because he left his ATM card on the counter, intentionally. After he was tracked down by the cops, he said he left it behind so that he could pay for the items later. The police reminded him that breaking and entering is still a crime. For what it's worth, the guy's car caught fire that night, and that's where the officers connected him to the burglary. He was still on the side of the road. And the winner is... The man who stole the dog food from a gas station but left his ATM card behind. You are the yam bag of the day. And we'll move on to Friday's Yam Bag of the Week competition. Keep it here for all the nominees for Prospector's Yam Bag of the Day. Weekday mornings on Rock 107. Thanks for listening to Prospector's Prime Cuts podcast. Be sure to catch us live weekdays from 5.30 to 10 a.m. on Rock 107 or online at rock107.com or the Rock 107 app. A free download for your Android or iPhone. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss Prospector's Prime Cuts.